And I think there's a lesson to learn from everybody. Everybody has something to teach somebody, somebody who's anyone from somebody who's homeless to somebody who's a CEO of a national billion dollar corporation. I think there's a lesson to learn from life. There's something you can learn from every single aspect of life. So I think just welcome to the millennials and money podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and financial professional, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share the money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host, financial professional with Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. I'm here with another special guest for this week's episode of the Millennials and Money Podcast. My guest this week is JC Miranda. Say what's up, JC. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? So, JC, before I give you a chance here to introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself, I'm going to start by just sharing how you and I know each other. Now, you, JC, you are one of my um, clients who are, who are from the Cutco vector marketing sector. Yeah, you were referred to me from Henny Sanchez, who was referred to me from um, from um, Jameson. From, from Jameson. Yeah. So, so yeah, sorry. Sorry, I apologize, Jameson. Both <laughs> both previous guests on this show, which is cool because you're now you're the third one. It's kind of going in order. Now it's your turn to do a podcast. And we're kind of bidding a trend here. So I'm enjoying that. I've loved working with all you Cutco guys. I love the way you guys are driven. I love the um the way you guys are just go-getters. And I really appreciate the fact that you guys value my advice. And you guys put it to action, so that's the best kind of client to, to have out there. <clears throat> and I'm really excited to hear your story. So why don't you say hello, introduce who you are, some of your role at uh, Cutco, and then a little bit about yourself. Yeah, totally. So my name is JC Miranda. My full name is Jaime Carlos Miranda. I'm a junior. And the reason I go by JC is because it's a family name. That's the name of my dad my uncle and my cousin and I'm the youngest. So it's kind of hard when everyone's called time at. But yeah, I grew up in a small town um, right in central California called Newman. It's super small, one high school, one grocery store. Um, I really didn't get enough um, chance to kind of like expose myself to like a city until I really moved to Sacramento. So I paid my way through college selling Cutco and then um, earned some really cool awards through the company that had me pay for school. And I was able to move out of that town into Sacramento, which is really cool. I opened up my own seasonal location for Cutco um, in 2019. And now I'm a full-time sales rep. So I work remotely. I work in person with my clients. I also help out in the office as an assistant manager, which is really cool because I can still impact and influence representatives. Um, I love playing sports. Like I love baseball. I just signed up for a softball league local here in Sacramento that I'm really excited about just to get a chance to network and meet new people. Um, I love hanging out with friends. I love hiking. I love eating good. I love to cook and I love to go out to eat. So I'm a big guy and I just naturally like to eat some good food, you know? <laughs> All, right. All right, JC, thank you for that introduction, my friend, uh, introduction, introduction of yourself to the audience. And, you know, this podcast is all about people's money story and, and their relationship with money and their money's impact and money's impact on their, their life and their journey that we're all continuing to go through. So, you know, those kind of cornerstones around money and the mindset around money, they can always be changed at any point, but they kind of get set in, set in place from childhood and at the house and the house you grew up, grew up in. That's where that foundation gets set. 
So talk to me, uh, JC. Tell me about tell me what money was like in your household growing up in the small town. Uh, what money was like? Was it talked about? And how was it for you and your family? Totally. Well, I guess I should start off with my grandparents. Uh, my grandparents came from Mexico, and they came here legally. They work really hard in the fields and in factories and just work really hard. And I think they did that so that I could live the life I want to live today. So I'm really grateful for that. And I feel really blessed. And my parents, I guess you could say they're both entrepreneurs. My mom's in real estate. My father's an electrical contractor. So I kind of always grew up looking at them as if they're hustling, like they're working hard. And I think I learned a lot from that aspect because they've always given me what I really needed and wanted in life when it comes to baseball or traveling. So I guess you could say I had a really good life growing up as a kid just because I never felt left out because of a specific financial situation. However, just like all life and all families, there is definitely some ups and downs. Like my mom, for instance, being in real estate, in the house market, there was times as a family where things were very, very good. Like we were traveling, going to Hawaii twice a year, um, living in a better house. And there was also times where we were struggling, you know, and we were going down and we had to rely on family, which is really amazing that I lived in a small town where we had family all around us. So um, it was definitely up and down. But overall, I feel really blessed to live in the specific situation that I did because I did learn a lot. So... Yeah, no, I, I'm, 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 I think that's awesome, man. I'm sure you learned a lot seeing having two entrepreneurs as parents. You know, this is a conversation that you and I have never really had. So I, it says a lot about your character and kind of helps me see why you are the way you are with your approach entrepreneurship and your, 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 uh, the way you chase after goals, having two parents that were entrepreneurs. So talk to us a little bit about what that was like in your household, seeing the ups and downs of uh, especially being in the real estate world, being seeing the ups and downs there and also seeing both your parents have that business owner, got to go get it mindset. Totally. So overall, I guess you could say that I felt very good and loved in a really good constructive household um, with family. Like I always felt like I was being taken care of. And like I said earlier, there was definitely some times that our family had some low points and that we were struggling. And Growing up as a kid, I may have acknowledged it, but I guess I really never saw it as bad just because I constantly felt loved. I constantly felt like I was being taken care of. Um, however, there was times where our family was not doing so hot, you know? Um, for instance, my parents divorced when I was about 13, 14 years old. And um, throughout high school, I kind of remember um, things being kind of rough, I guess. So like there was the point where I had to move into my grandparents' house, and um, we were not necessarily doing bad, but we were just doing what we needed to do to survive, to get back up on our feet. And um, it taught me a lot because it taught me a lot about family and just the, um, the support behind that, I guess you could say. Um, but overall, like I said, it, there was never a point where I felt like that I didn't my parents still made it a point to give me what I needed and wanted in life. And I'm really grateful for that aspect of them. Um, so yeah, money was looked at as a sense of you, you get what you work for. Um, my parents always taught me that you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you do. And that's something I'll never forget until the day that I die. And I really owe my father to that just because that's something he really taught me. And my grandfather as well is just 
working hard and smart. So just making sure that you're getting rewarded for the work that you do and that you work hard down like most won't so you can live life in the future like most can't. And I really appreciated that mindset just because growing up, I always remember my parents working hard, you know. And, and I love the fact that you said you never, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. I can attest to that. I really enjoy what I do as a professional. And I don't feel like I go to work. I feel like I get to get a, do a start a new journey hearing about people's life every day and helping them reach their goals. And I'm not working. I'm just serving a purpose. And I, I, and I love it, man. So talk to us about what life's been like for you after you got out the house. You, I, I was, you did some college. You went to college, went to school for a bit, paid your own way through there. Let's talk about those kind of independent years, the years that were not necessarily where you are, are you, where you are now, but the, uh, which you weren't at home anymore, the time in between. Let's talk about what that was like for you. Yeah. Your independence. Definitely. Well, it was definitely a huge shock. I felt like I got life handed to me and it was probably the best thing that I needed just because I learned so much about independence and about financial independence. And growing up, like I said, I really appreciate what my family has done, but I also felt like there was a lack of education when it comes to financially, financial aspects of life. And now that I'm older, I'm figuring those things out on my own and I really appreciate the things that I'm going through. So for instance, um, up to purchasing my first car and taking out a loan and paying through college and then moving out of my first, moving into my first apartment and moving into my first like actual place and the aspect of what it means to pay rent and pay your own bills. Hmm. When something happens, you have to pay for it and you, basically you're all on your own and uh, paying for your own food. <laughs> I kind of want to stop you there because I see that quite a bit, especially in minority households. Like, even in my household, when I was growing up, it's like there's things that I wasn't prepared for becoming an adult. And then, then it's like a Mack truck hits you. So oh, shoot, I'm an adult now. I have responsibilities. These bills just don't get paid. I got to pay them. I got to go out my way. I got to make sure I have money to pay them. And it's a great learning process. I, I, it's something that I wish I was talked about a little more in the household growing up. So I was a little more prepared for it. But hey, um, tried by fire, right? Trauma fire. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely taught me a lot just about independence. And if you're doing not so hot in life, it's a direct reflection of yourself and like how you're doing and what you need to do to get out of there, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, just really learning a lot from financial independence at such a young age, I think is very important. So important, especially in today's world. So becoming independent, what did you do? Did you were you a full time student? Well, I'm sure you weren't. If you had some bills to pay, what what was life like for you at that point? Yeah, so towards the end of college, I was a full time student taking 18 plus units every semester, and then I started working for this company called Vector Marketing and Cutco Cutlery. And prior to that, I was working at Burger King super part time and. Working for Cutco was my first opportunity as some sort of entrepreneurial job. It was my first opportunity of being compensated for the energy and work that I put in. And I'll never forget my first time working for the company, my first weekend, I was, I'm going to make so much money off this base pay. And the base pay back then was $18. I'm making $10 right now. This would be so much more. And I remember going through with the program and my first weekend on the job, making twice as much as I did working two weeks at Burger King. 
And wow. I was like, wow, this is legit. This is awesome. Like if, imagine if I really focus my energy into this. And once I continued to pursue Cutco, it just made life a lot more um, exciting, easier, but also challenging because I was making more income, but I was also creating more financial obligations. And I was able to establish that independence moving forward with the company because I was excelling at a high level. Um, I was earning scholarships. I was earning awards. I was making income, probably more than what a full-time college student should be. And I had no idea what to do with the money. So I was spending it left and right. <laughs> I was going out to eat all the time. I was getting a nice car that I probably didn't need at the time, you know. And it was it was really eye-opening because I had never felt, had that feeling of what it's like to really get paid for the work that you do. And I guess I really didn't appreciate it a lot at that time compared to now when I'm obviously received more education and I know what it's like to do different things, I guess you could say. So, but it was definitely a really big learning experience. Um, paying my way through college and then um, moving myself out, having the certain obligations like rent and my car payment and X, Y, and Z, just having to survive. So um, that's what that was like moving into the position I'm in now. So talk to me about college. Did you always plan on going to college? Because I'm sure, I'm sure when you applied for college, you weren't seeing yourself being a cut correct. Correct. So, what what was the plans with college? Did you was something that you did because you wanted to be somewhere else? I am sure those that entrepreneurial mindset's been in place since you were a child. I'm assuming because you grew up in the household you grew up in. But talk to me about what that was like. Yeah. So, I guess I grew up always thinking I had to go to school. Um, I mean, both my parents both went to some some sort of school for some sort of certificate or degree. And I think we grew up in a society at that time where you graduate high school and you go to school to get a degree and you go to work, which is totally cool. Um, so I, I'll be very transparent. I changed my major five different times in college. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. At first, I wanted to go to school for culinary then it was um, human services and then sociology and then communications and then social work. It was just a bunch of different things. And I guess my objective back then was to get my associates, transfer, get my bachelor's and then get my master's in social work. Um, that's just something a passion that I have is helping people. Um, I get a lot of joy from that. And after I graduated from community college and I was already excelling in Cutco, I had been accepted into Sac State um, I was ready to start this new chapter in my life when it comes to school. And I guess I realized that the income that I had, that I was making at the time, working through Vector Marketing, Cutco, um, had surpassed the entry-level job I wanted to pursue. But I also acquired a different taste. I acquired a different motivation um, for personal growth and helping people in a different aspect, helping people when it comes to their own, their own personal needs, but also taking representatives from where they are to where they want to be. So that was what really inspired me. And I guess towards the, the transition of me moving to Sacramento, I became very motivated in the specific work that I'm in right now. And I kind of just decided not to continue with school. And who knows, time can change. I may want to finish my degree um, just to say that I finished that. But towards the end, I... Now I have so much more excitement and passion to 
just kind of grow myself personally as an individual. And I'm, I feel like in my opinion, I'm learning so much more in the field and by other individuals compared to what I was learning in college. Not that there's anything wrong with college at all, but I definitely feel more educated now as an entrepreneur than I did as a full-time college student. I like that, man. And I, I love that you're being so open with us and sharing with us. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like you're like me. You discovered a, a, a desire that you, you just discovered a passion. Like, well, I didn't know I like helping people this much. Like, but once you find it's like, this means so much to me more than even the income that the income is just a result of us helping people. The income is just a result of us doing what we feel we're set here to do, man. So that's awesome that you get the opportunity to do that every day. Talking about what your role entails, because you have a unique role at Cutco. You are like the, um, I call you the rainmaker, man. Uh, you're, you're like the, you're, you're on the road. You don't really have anyone over you. You're kind of like doing your own thing. As long as you produce, no one's on your back. You have no micromanager. Talking about what your role is like at Cutco and how that's yeah. been. I can kind of dive into it a little bit, um, but I definitely do appreciate being coached. That's for sure. <laughs> Shout out to Jameson. Um, so I started off, like I said, as a, as a part-time rep. I grew into the position I'm in right now. Um, I was considered an All-American scholarship winner. So when I was a full-time student, I was one of the top 25 students in the nation twice for the year 2018. Um, and I think that's when I really developed a love and a sense that I was good at what I'm doing. So once I really dove into the sales aspect for Cutco, I just advanced from there. And I just awarded for the work that I do. And I also enjoy my free time. I enjoy the flexibility of being able to travel and go to Mexico and see my grandparents or when a friend's visited me from out of the country, I could take the time and cater to him and show him a little bit of California or just be able to go to Hawaii and do, do different things. I really appreciate the flexibility, but I really like the opportunity that there is uncapped income and there's always room for advancement. So just to give you some insight, uh, last year, 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, I sold part-time around my office responsibilities and I remember the end of the year, I was in Mexico and my roommate and manager, uh, they both individually texted me that I ended up finishing the top 13 in the nation for sales representatives in my category. And I was like, what? Like, that's insane. Like, I, <laughs> and I, I was very mediocre. I didn't give it my all. I didn't give it my best. And I thought if I really applied myself this year for 2021, what could I do? Like if I really treated this like a career and I really dove into my area of expertise, what could happen? And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just developing myself as a sales rep. I'm growing my social skills. I'm growing my sales skills. I'm going in my networking and clientele. Um, I'm just evolving and I'm loving it. So I'm competing for this thing right now called the silver cup and it's basically only one person in the entire nation could get it. And that's what I'm rooting for right now. So um, it's for representatives between a certain amount of, of sales, but it's a nationwide competition. It's very competitive. So there's essentially thousands of reps that are competing for this. And right now I'm currently ranked number one. And, but it is going back and forth between me and a couple other individuals, but it's really exciting to see all this compete against each other. 
So I love it. It's cool. And it's, it's not, as much exciting as it is, it's also very nerve wracking because yeah, I played, yeah, I played sports in high school, but I was never good. <laughs> I was never good. So um, actually competing for something and having that thought like, oh my God, like I have an, op- I have a shot. I have a fair shot of being number one. It's super exciting and nerve wracking, but I'm going to give it my all. And I'm scared just because I've never really kind of committed to something like this. So let's just see how it plays out. But that's kind of where I'm at right now um, in my career with Cutco. Yeah, I think I think that's awesome doing the competition. From the competition, never heard anybody. And again, I appreciate just being so open and having that fear. You know, it's it's a real fear that comes along with giving your all. Because you realize if I give my all and I don't get it, guess what? That means my all wasn't good enough. And but that the mindset that comes with that you have to get over is that, hey, my all right now might not have been good enough, but I can always improve. And keeping that growth mindset and just leaving me out, all, I always say leaving in the ring because I used to box, like leaving it all out there, not giving yourself any excuse. The level of success your reach is amazing, man. Hey, and, and number two in the nation is not bad at all. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm excited for you. I really have enjoyed working for you. I wasn't sorry working with you. I, I, I've enjoyed working with you and helping you reach your financial goals, man. And I, you kind of shared a little bit with me in the past about when you first started making money, you were buying things, like I said, buying cars, buying things maybe you shouldn't have bought. Let's talk about your role now. You're making even more money now, but you are trying to get that in line. Talk to me, talk to me about, talk to the people about how that journey's been for you. And also talking about how, like, what's your, how the traveling sales life on the road, working every week, and how that's been for you as well. Yeah, totally. So um, I guess growing up as an early adult, I just felt very financially uneducated. And a lot of the financial education I'm receiving now is through opportunities that working for Cutco has allowed me to do. So for instance, working really closely with my manager, Jameson, who introduced me to you has been an ultimate blessing just because I've learned more in the past year and a half, year to two years, than I have financially my entire life. So um, just earlier, when you make a lot of money as a student, you're just like, what do I do with this? And I just found <laughs> dumb stuff that I don't even, can even think of. I remember my first big paycheck, I bought a very expensive mattress. <laughs> I know, and it was, it's funny, just, I yeah, I bought a mattress, I bought a car, I was going out all the time, and eating a bunch of expensive food that I really didn't need and just spending money on clothes and just things that I wish I really put my money towards working for me. So that's thing my manager, Jameson, always kind of um, put emphasis on is that investing and investing in a Roth or just seeing how your money could work for you. And now that I'm actually putting that into place through the education and help of you and Jameson and understanding how money works and like you say, tying a purpose to money has been completely life-changing and exciting. It makes me kind of cast a vision of like, wow, uh, not only if I had this mindset back then that I have now, what could happen, but it makes me excited for the future to see if I have this mindset now, I can only imagine the mindset and the financial situation I'm going to have five, 10, 15, 30 years from now. So um, I'm really excited in that aspect. And then in regards to how my life is now when it comes to work and traveling, 
Um, I work mostly in the weekends. I'm part of the roadshow program where I essentially travel to different parts of Northern California. Um, I have a pool of clients all over Northern California from everywhere from Merced up to Redding, um, all the way into Nevada. So it's really cool. I love meeting and talking to new clients all the time. And people who have our product, they love it. They rave about it. And people who don't have it, they want to know more information. And it's cool. The product sells itself. I don't like to think of myself as like a salesperson. I like to think of myself as a people person. I love talking to people. I love socializing and being interactive and personable. And I just happen to sell knives, you know? I have just some really good knives. So um, in regards to that, like I travel, I stay in new locations. I like to, on good weeks, on really good weeks, I like to like meal prep, you know, and plan out all my meals ahead of time so I'm not out splurging. Um, I want to make sure like I stick to my meal plan and things like that. So that's another area I'm trying to focus on too is fitness. But yeah, that's kind of what my week looks like. Um, then I work from home remotely on some certain things when it comes to my business and marketing and following up with my clients. And yeah, there's just a lot of areas of the business and work that I'm also being newly exposed to. Yeah, that entrepreneurship lifestyle, you know, the the lifestyle that your parents exposed you to, it when you it's tough at first. Like when it's tough building that pipeline and getting that business going, but once you get there, it's so rewarding. Like I know I can never catch you on the weekend cause you're always working, but you know, you're traveling on the weekends, but you're able to enjoy yourself. Like you said, you're literally traveling. You have the perfect job for a single man right now. You get to go all over the place, just see new cities. You, you love people get to interact with new people all the time and really create value to them and be compensated fairly for it. And it's all because you're making wise decisions. You know what I mean? You're not wasting, you're not wasting your time or others' time. You're just, hey, I, I'm a conduit between something that you need and something that I have. And you're that middleman. And that's really cool. Like you said, you don't think of yourself as a salesman, you think of yourself as a people person. I think that's awesome. And it shows true. I can definitely tell you're a people person. Uh, that's something I wrote down that I want to make sure I touch on. I did not know you originally wanted to go to school for culinary. And <laughs> and then uh, and then you mentioned meal prep. I knew you didn't know you meal prep, but I didn't know you really got down like that in the kitchen. Because if, if so, we might have to have a potluck because I get down too, man. Talk about, your, it, man. <laughs> so tell, talk about the cooking journey, man. Where'd that come from? Where'd that seed get yeah. planted? Oh, man. I grew up so blessed around so many people and family members that love to cook like my mom and my grandma like I'm a I was I grew up a big kid a very I was well nourished and fed and I love it <laughs> I got a posse there I got so so my wife is from Mexico and so I got Abuelita and I and we when you're around Abuelita she's gonna feed you oh yeah I don't, I don't care if you want to say no she's you can't because you're gonna offend her so you I, so I understand you being a big kid you don't have a, much of a choice in a household like that yeah, you really don't. I remember my if I came to my grandma's house, I had to eat. Even if I had just eaten previously, like, I don't care. She would not care. She sit me down, and I had to eat all my food. And I had to look at her and tell her how delicious it was. And it always was, but it was, like, one of my favorite things as a kid growing up was eating and expressing gratitude for my mom and my grandmas and just my family about how good the food was. So uh, there's always food on the table. Thank God for that. So I grew up with just this 
a very particular taste of food and I'm very particular on the food that I eat. You know, I'll eat it all. Don't get me wrong, but I have a very, I guess you could say, um, tolerance for food. Like I really appreciate quality Hispanic food, you know, and um, I guess I never really, I never really cooked throughout my early adulthood, like in high school, because I always had someone cooking for me. And I feel very blessed to say that. But once I moved out, it was all on my own and I couldn't eat out forever, you know? <laughs> so that's when I really like buckled down and started cooking. And I uh, had influence from like my family members and my cousin and my, my mom and calling them up and asking for certain ideas and tips. And I guess I kind of formed my own way of cooking. I kind of I don't really like following a recipe. I use the ingredients from a recipe, but I definitely like innovating my own things, you know? Like I like marinating my meat a certain way and I like cooking my chicken a certain way um, like with certain sorts of seasonings and my veggies and just different things that I like. And I, I, love, I love it all. Like I love Italian, I love Hispanic food, I love Asian cuisine. Um, so now I guess I'm at a point where I'm being very conservative of what I'm consuming just because I'm trying to focus on a lot of areas of my life right now. My business being one, financial, faith, um, moving into a relationship, just growing myself personally, but um, physically and health is a very big foundation of all those things for me. And right now I'm just trying to buckle down and it's not perfect, don't get me wrong, but I'm trying to be very conservative when I'm consuming and making sure it's healthy and not like burgers and fries all the time or like all that, like the steaks and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, like I love a good steak, but I'm just trying to be very courteous of what I'm consuming. And it's not easy, you know, um, it's simple, but it's not easy. So that's what my life is right now. Um, for instance, I cook my own food a couple of days in advance or I plan on what I'm going to eat a couple of days in advance. And there's always those spur of the moment things that I do. Like I love going out to eat. Um, and even when I go out to eat, it's, you, it's pretty easy to make sure that you know what you're going to consume, you know, but mm-hmm. I do, I am a part of a coaching program that focuses on health, wealth, and nutrition. So I'm just getting a lot of education in that aspect of my life as well. And I love that about you, man. I could tell that from when we first started meeting together, like you are big on education. Like you want to understand the reasoning behind any recommendation and the purpose behind the the line, like myself, the purpose behind why we're doing what we're doing. And and where do you think that comes from? Because I think it's so important to, to, to grasp that mindset. And it's something that can be taught, but to really value professional advice. Like the reason why you're successful is because you work with Jameson. But Jameson works with a ton of other reps. But you are a standout uh, success because you actually take in what he's saying you and you follow his advice. Same with other leaders like Henry. Like there's some, And this can be taught, but it's not natural for everybody. Where do you think that comes from? I guess I was always a very curious individual. And I'm, very, I'm a big thinker. And I'm a big talker, too. Um, but I... As I was told when I was younger, like I was told that I was a very, I guess, rowdy kid. I was always asking the teacher why or asking people why, like, how come I can't do this? Like, why? I was very curious to know reasonings behind certain things. And I think that just carried on to my adulthood where I'm very curious and I want to educate myself on different things. And I think a big factor of that was growing up in a small town, 
it was amazing. Uh, growing up uh, at first, like when I was like, when I looking back, I I kind of underappreciated the value of doing that until I moved into a bigger city and I saw that there was so much out there and it also made me appreciate the value of growing up in a small town. But I guess overall, just that big shift of meeting new people with different experiences and different realms of knowledge, it just blew my mind. And then moving into this role that I'm in with this position and meeting other people that have such open minds and are so big on their entrepreneurship and just different aspects, it just blew me away. And I learned so much in the past four years than I feel like I have in my entire life. And I just think I learned so much from different people from different situations um, in the past couple of years that I've entire my entire life. And it's just, really blew me away and I can't wait to learn more. I can't wait to kind of learn, learn, learn new things, open up to different things and just gain more knowledge. Um, and yeah, just educate myself, I guess you could say. And I think there's a lesson to learn from everybody. Everybody has something to teach somebody, somebody who's anyone from somebody who's homeless to somebody who's a CEO of a national billion dollar corporation. I think there's a lesson to learn from life. There's something you can learn from every single aspect of life. So I think just having that open mindset to that. And I think that's big. And like you can learn something from everybody and really understanding the value that people bring who stay in their own lanes. Like, you know me, I, I do financial planning. I, that's what I do. I'm a financial professional. I talk finance, but I'm not going to sit down with you and tell you what knife to sell or what knife to use or what knife makes the most sense. I'm in that, in that sense, you're going to be the leader. I mean, you're going to talk to me and lead me and really realize, and it's my job to value you as a leader in that role. So I, I'm glad that you see that. And, and like, it's so, it's so easy for young people, especially young people, because I was young once too, to get that mindset like, man, well, I can do it better than him. Or I'm a professional or he has, he's not me. He can't do it my way. And then, then you just miss, you miss the boat on so many things that people share with you. So I'm glad that yeah, at such a young age, you're able to take that home and really not only hear it and learn it, but from, my, from what I know from working with you as a client is that you implement it too. So I really appreciate working with you on that in that aspect, man. So you, you seem to be like a really driven person, someone who gets to enjoy your life and you want to have fun. You're playing baseball, you and your friends get together. Um, Talk to us like what that's like, you know, balancing the not being all work and been having some play in there, but not being all play and having no work in there either. What's that been like? How's that balancing life working out for you? Yeah, I guess overall, I'll be very real. I feel blessed. I feel so thankful and just like life, there's ups and downs, but I feel really content with the life that I live because I do go out and I have fun and I meet my friends and I go out and do fun things with my friends and like I travel and I also when I need to I buckle down and I work for days 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 and I work my butt off you know um I guess it's the idea of knowing the time and place to work and when not to work so something I'm trying to be very intentional on is when I'm with my family or when I'm with my friends to not think about work to put my phone on do not disturb and be very intentional with my time with them and just so I can live that moment to the fullest and vice versa when I'm working 
this is like how I pay my bills. This is how I cater to my profession. This is my career. And I'm very intentional on my work. And I plan out the days I'm going to work in advance. I know my schedule. And I think it's a big portion too, is time management. Knowing, okay. yeah, knowing when you're going to say time blocking, it makes yeah. a huge difference. Um, I'll let you finish. I, I apologize. Totally. No, no worries. And that's something I learned a lot. It's been, it's probably been the biggest needle mover in my entire life. It's just time management. And this is something that I learned through working for Cutco back when I first started as a college student um, is delegating my time to different things and making time work for me, I guess you could say. But yeah, just putting in my time of when I'm going to work, when I'm going to do service for my clients, when I'm going to do demonstrations for my clients, when I'm going to go out and just meet up with my clients and different things and even hours when I'm going to work on the business, but also put in there my fun time. I think that's super important to put in the time that you need for yourself first, like your downtime, your fun time, your family time, your you time, you know? Um, so just making sure I have that in my schedule. So if you're looking at my schedule right now, I have hanging out with my friend Marvin, doing this with my friend Marvin, going to top golf with my friend Kenzie, you know, having a barbecue with the boys. And then I have um, Farron show this day, this time, talked on the phone with this client at this day, this time. It's just really, really intentional on the things that I have in my life and when they're going to happen so that I have that balance of my professional life and my personal life. And, and you know, it's amazing how efficient you can be in focused time. When time's focused, you know, like people say this eight-hour workday, but, you know, within that eight-hour workday, you're not always working. You're not consistently doing a task throughout the eight hours. That's why I stretch that long. But if you focus like a two-hour time block on getting something specific done, you'll be amazed on what you can focus. Like if un- uninterrupted working time. And that's and in turn, it's going to feel that more uninterrupted family time or enjoyment time. Like I tell my clients, I always share this story with my clients. I was at the park with my son the other day. This is about a year ago. This is 2020 at this point. I was at the park the other, back then, and he, he was playing. And at the park, I got a phone call. And I, it was from a client. I was taking the phone call and watched my son, and I wasn't being affected by the phone call at all and wasn't really providing to my client. And my son was kind of like, Dad, what the heck? I thought we were here together. And then I felt like about this big. So for those who are listening, I'm putting my fingers together about, about an inch apart. I felt really small, like, man, I'm not paying attention to my son or my client. You know what? This is it. And that's why I drew the line. Like, this time is going to be for my son, and this time I'm going to be working. And I'm not going to let them interrupt one another. And by separating that time, I'm much more effective with my clients. I'm, my clients get my full attention when they need it. And when the time is a lot of them, and then my family gets the same. And I feel more rewarded. And I feel like I'm, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing these things really good. And not as opposed to doing, I'm doing one thing. And then they, within that time, I'm doing one thing really good, as opposed to two things bad. <laughs> so it's... it's, it's uh- it's a game changer, man. Yeah, half-assed. That's a good word. <laughs> it, it, I guess it's not really a good word when you come to finance. I wasn't half-assed in my financial planning, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so talk to us. What do you do for fun, man? I know you like to hang out with your friends. I, I know you're playing baseball. Let's, let's just hear a little more about you and what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, I just like doing things that bring me a lot of energy and value. So, and a big part of that 
is surrounding myself with really good people. So I love some days just hanging out by the pool and barbecuing. And I love going out and learning new things. For instance, my very good friend, Kenzie, who's also my original manager who interviewed me for the job Cutco, <laughs> and I are like really good friends. And we are learning how to swing dance together and two-step. And we're learning a new skill and it's super fun. Just the other day, we went out to Stoney's, which is a country bar sort of thing and we were watching the dancers and just asking about lessons so I love to dance I love to swing dance and listen to country music I also love to hike I love going outside and decompressing with nature sometimes not all the time but sometimes I do go by myself and it's a really really just healing time for myself just to kind of recharge um, but I love doing it with other people so I go out and go hiking for instance, we went to Yosemite last week or the week before, and that was really fun. Um, I love to travel and see friends. Um, for instance, like we're going to be going to Hawaii next month as like a vacation with a couple of friends and I. Um, just a couple of months ago, we went out to, I met my friend up from Tennessee, and we went out to um, Phoenix for her bachelorette party. That was really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really value my time with the people that I love. One of my biggest love languages is definitely quality time. And I love starting myself with people that I love and my family too. And I definitely don't see them as much as I would like to, but when I do, I feel the most loved. It's amazing. And um, I just really appreciate it when other people also sacrifice their time for me, I guess you could say, just because like my time is very crunched with work and other things. Um, so I really do appreciate that good quality time with the people that I care about. Um, and then there's also other things I like to do. Like I, like I said, I started a softball league. I played baseball for 10 years. Like I said, I was not good at it by all means, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did learn to love it. And now I'm tiptoeing back into it. And I'm super excited because I'm also going to be given the opportunity to meet new people. You know what I mean? Um, something else I like to do in my free time. I journal. I listen to podcasts. I grow myself personally and mentally. I love, I didn't, I used to hate working out, but now I love it. I'll be very transparent. It's one of those things that I'm learning to love just because I'm also growing myself physically. I am probably the most in shape I have been now than I have in the past 10 years. And it's only getting better. And no, don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. I could definitely be working harder at that, but I like educating myself on myself physically and nutrition-wise, I guess you could say. Yeah, so health and wealth, man, they're so synced and it, it's so easy for one to be out of order and the other to go ahead and go far out of order too. And then when you feel good in one area, and, and I'm focusing on the health more so than the wealth even, because I think that one's easy to kind of have control over. And then the, then the wealth or the financial standing kind of lines with that goes, goes kind of coincides with that. And it's, just, I don't know what it is. I don't know the science behind it. Um, I'm not a science major guys, but I do know when I'm taking care of myself physically and I'm taking care of them and I'm eating right now. I'm running, I'm working out, I'm getting ready for this marathon. I've been doing this 10 miles twice a week, these, these runs. And I find myself doing, being more productive at work, being more productive with my clients, adding more value, being more attentive and just feeling better about the, my 
overall being. So talk about how that's been. I know you invest in your in your health recently and you've been getting retirement. Talk to us about that journey. Yeah, I guess overall it's just and I feel really grateful to be a part of this program that I'm in. Um, but a big portion of it is when I'm on my game when it comes to working out, eating good food and getting good sleep, drinking good water, it's naturally bringing me more energy. And it's also allowing me to be more intentional on my work. And it's giving me more energy to evolve my my career, I guess you could say. And then just naturally when I delegate time for working out and for prepping food and um, just different things, it's allowing me to be more disciplined on delegating my time for work. Um, I think those are really two big aspects when it comes to that balance of health and wealth, you know, and it's not perfect. I'm still learning and I've definitely learned a lot. So I can definitely see a correlation of both my work evolving and just doing really well. Also my physical state and how I feel, how I have more energy, how I feel more muscular. Um, The confidence that I have, I guess is a really big portion of it too. The confidence that I know that I'm looking and feeling better is allowing me to be more intentional and just happier in a work setting. Yeah, I got to agree, man. The confidence of when you see yourself slimming up, you, you, you know, you, you, when you, when you have looked one way and you start looking a little better, you look good. I don't care if it's not where you want to be, but you look in yourself mirror with the shirt like, man, I look good. You know, I feel good. This, this clothes fit a little better. And that confidence, it, it shows. And it shows in everything you do. And it makes a big difference in the numbers you produce and the way in the, in the presentations you present to your clients or prospect, prospect clients, at least in my case and in cases of other clients I've had. So let's, um, but I know that can't be the only thing that made you number one in the nation right now. So for the listeners out there who are in those sales roles, who are in the roles of building businesses, uh, we understand confidence. We understand you're a people person. What's, what else is the key ingredients to that secret sauce that made you so productive uh, in this year? I just feel like there's so much. I guess there's not one specific thing, but I think it's a combination of different things correlating and working together to create the results that I'm having, you know? Um, making sure that when I'm not working, being very intentional and not working, giving myself that space so that when I am working, I could be more intentional on doing my best self, doing my best work and vice versa. Um, I'm trying to think what else that I really do to make sure that I'm excelling. I guess the, a big portion is always educating myself, growing myself personally. Um, I'm really focusing on building all areas of my life right now when it comes to financial, health, wealth, um, faith, my relationships. But something most I'm trying to focus on is um, building a relationship, so like actively dating. Um, <laughs> I know I'm very old school and traditional, but I find value like on a relationship and building a family one day. So I guess that's a really big motivating factor for me is the things that I'm doing right now, I want to do the right things now so that I could build a lifestyle for myself and for the future, a legacy for myself, for my future family, my kids. 
I think that's something that really motivates me um, just because I grew up with so much love and I'm so grateful for that. I grew up with so much love and I hope people everywhere feel love in some sort of way. But I want to make sure that my future family and my kids can grow up with that same love that I had and more. I think that's something that I think about that really motivates me now in the projection of my future. So I'm hearing a, a few different things. First of all, is having a clear picture of what it is that you're mm-hmm. working towards. What do you want? Uh, we keep coming back to time blocking, you know, focus time, having that time to set aside for a specific task. So listeners, if you're, if you're taking notes, if you want to take something home from this podcast, make sure you at least look at the time blocking. I'm telling you, JC is telling you it's making a difference. Another one that stands out to me that, I, it stands out now look, after hearing you speak and looking back on all of our past meetings and over the year or so we've known each other, it's education. You're a firm believer in education and learning something and, and not, not just learning it, but learning it and applying it. And when you do that, like you get the result you're looking for. Or, or at least you find out something that doesn't work. But at the end of the day, if you, when you learn something and you apply it, you, you, get, you see some, some result from that. Totally. And I appreciate you sharing that, man. We're getting to the end of the podcast, buddy. So we're, we're just about the last question now. And I always ask everyone the same question at the end of these podcasts. You probably know what's coming, but I'm going to ask you anyway. It's, um, you know, the words financial success. They mean different things to different people. Like I always say, they can even mean different things to the same people at different times. So what financial success was you when you were going to school for culinary, uh, to, to be a culinary artist, is different than what financial success is for you today. But speaking from today's point, 2021, JC, what do the words financial success mean to you? And I don't want to hear from a dollar amount. Talk to me from a life perspective, from a quality of life, what it looks like. Totally. And that's a very good question that I think everybody should ask themselves. And it's like you said, it's constantly changing. Like you referred to five years, five years ago, if you were to ask that question, it'd be completely different to what it is now. And I hope that it changes too as I get older and as I get wiser. But financial success, like I said, it's always evolving. But I guess a big portion of that is right now, financial freedom. Not having to let money dictate your life, but it's a good thing that, it's a good foundation of where your life could go. Like you're in control of it, I guess you could say. It's not something that, I, I think, in my opinion, money rules the world. Money makes the world spend, which is very unfortunate. But I think if you put yourself in a good position and you become knowledgeable and you work hard, you live life now like most won't, so you can live like in the future like most can't, you could change that thing. You could change the idea of whatever you want to do with money, you'll make it work for you, I guess you could say. And I just don't want to... I don't want money to control me. You know, I look at people in the past to see how they may have struggled or or had to do certain things because of financial issues. I just don't want to be that person. I want to raise my family with the idea of that money's not an an issue. You know, it's more of something that you can build on, I guess you could say. Uh, Sorry. I I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I wouldn't say... Money rules the world, but I'd say the scarcity mindset around money can control the world. 
and mm-hmm. having that and thinking seeing money as a scarcity and there never being enough can impact the decisions that people make and it does impact the decisions people make in the, the day the decisions people make is what controls the world i agree and, and what whatever mindset they're coming around and many times they're coming from a scarcity mindset if, if there's not enough i've got to have it all i've got to hoard it all and it comes down to them not knowing what it is they truly value never sitting down and saying, hey, this is why I truly, this is what I truly value. You mentioned that um, that you, like family, you don't want your family to have that scarcity mindset. You want your family to know that, hey, we have money to do the things we love. When, well, let me tell you, as a parent, as a parent who's a, I think I'm like 10, 11 years your senior, I can tell you a big part of that is letting them know, is sitting down with the kids and really helping them understand what it is they do value. They don't understand, it's not necessarily these things, is the feeling these things bring them, and and the reasoning behind those the feeling of these. Uh, a podcast. I apologize. I'm going on a uh, on a tangent here, but um. JC, this is good. This is good. JC hit some uh, hit some chords there, but I'm <laughs> always big on values, man. Making sure they understand what is they value. Yeah. What is important to them, and what that feeling is they're trying to get. Because many times people say. People people think they want something they have, and then sit down and they really figure out why it is they want it. Mm-hmm. And when you have those values line, when you when you have your your values clearly stated, and you're spending and you're investing line with your values, nine times out of ten, you feel happy financially. Totally. And something I like a lot that you say, Peyton, is that when you tying a purpose to money, tying a purpose to it. I think that's so powerful because money can mean so many, so many different things to so many different people. And like, I'm still educating myself on it today. You know, I'm still learning what it is for me. And I think it's very valuable to acknowledge that money is just not like a materialistic thing. It's something that you could create, you know, when you purpose your money to building a lifestyle for your family or you utilize money for investing or utilize money for contributing back and giving back. It really, you do what it'll bring you value. Like it'll bring you value, I guess you could say. Exactly. I'm, you, you know, we work together. The purpose is, the, I'm big on purpose, having a purpose behind everything. And when you give that money a purpose, say, you know, the purpose of you in your case, the purpose of me having money so I can spend more time with, them, with my family so you're not saying money was the world. You're saying me being able to spend time with my family was my world. Mm-hmm. It was my decisions. What's gonna give me, What's gonna give me the best in the best position to spend more time with my family? Mm-hmm. And that sounds a lot better than money ruling the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I misinterpreted that. So essentially, um, I think growing up as a kid, or just seeing from like an outside perspective, not understanding how money works, I've always thought that people live to work to make money to survive you know and then like they live off different things you know they live off like the love of their family and the food and the culture they surround themselves with which is amazing but now that as i'm becoming more financially educated i'm looking at money differently and i only hope that people could do the same i hope that people could have that drive and that motivation to educate themselves because if i came from where i'm at and where I'm at now, and same for others. There's so many other people who have came from nothing and worked their butts off to become the person they are today. If myself or anyone else could do it, anybody in the world could do it. So I think that's really important for people to have that, that open-minded to be educated on it. 
I love that, man. I love that answer. And, you know, two things take home is time blocking and education. And you're a big component of education. That's what I really respect about you. And why one of the reasons why I really value having you as a client, man. I appreciate you being a guest on the show. I'm sure our guests appreciate the information and the story you shared with them. Um, so that's all we got, folks, for this week's episode. It's been excellent, JC. Um, I didn't hope you enjoyed. Thank you, Peyton. I really appreciate it. God bless, guys. Payne Boyer is a financial professional with Homes Financial of and Securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, FIPC Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.